Look for the lesson. That's where we'll find the blessing. Look for the lesson, and that's where you'll find the blessing. See, some of y'all don't went through something in your past, and you call it an L. Man, I done took an L. Yeah, you took an L. But do you, are, are you interpreting that L as a loss, or are you interpreting that L as a lesson? Your attitude determines your altitude. What attitude do I have? Am I looking at this from God's eyes, or am I looking from it from my little selfish, little small eyes? When something is going on in the world, how do I look at it? Do I look at it as, oh, the world is over with? Or do I look at it and say, what is, what's going on here? What is the purpose of this? Why was this permitted? Because, see, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan talked about with the will of God, when he will, when he wants to will a thing into existence, he considers the thoughts and plans of the enemy and uses their plan and uses their will to bring his will more into fruition. So he even considers their thoughts. He considers what they're going to do. So it may appear that they had, they, it appear they won here or they did something here, but that was all a part of the plan the whole time to bring about a greater good. So if we can expand our mindset and see the good out of things, the law of polarity, if we can look and see the good out of what's going on, now we can look at ourselves and say, oh, if we just do this right here, we can use this as our advantage. Look for the lesson. That's where we'll find the blessing. All right. Assalamu alaikum, family. Welcome back to the Brother Ben X podcast. We are, we have part two with Brother Demetric Muhammad. And of course, we're going to be talking about the Jewish pressure. We're going to be talking about Nick Cannon and the litmus test, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. If y'all missed part one of our interview uh, podcast, make sure y'all go check out the one from last week. And um, coincidentally, well, I guess not coincidentally, more people have came out to apologize and more things have happened uh, due to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the ADL. Uh, but with uh, uh, with all that being said, if you do not know who Brother Demetric is, he is a brother. He is a student minister in the Nation of Islam who, as I said last week, does a wonderful job at defending the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Has a great book out called Didn't Y'all Kill Malcolm X, which I believe all of you all should go out and get and study. And he also has various other books that breaks down the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan to make it a lot easier for us to understand. So let us know what mosque you're out of, what city you're from, and and, and whatever else that I missed, um, let them know. Brother Ben, thank you so much for the great privilege and the opportunity to come once again with you. Uh, I'm Brother Demetri Muhammad, a student minister uh, in the Nation of Islam under the leadership of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad's national representative, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, hailing out of the great city of Memphis, Tennessee, Muhammad Mosque, number 55. Uh, we're very happy and very honored to come once again to uh, shed light on the swirling controversies that have captured the imagination of many out uh, in Black America and white America as well. And so we're grateful for the privilege and opportunity to come and to uh, respond to some of your questions and to engage with your audience. Now, what I want to do, as we did last week, start off with the words of the minister, as they always twist his words. They've been doing that for decades just to lay the basis and the foundation of this particular podcast. What I want to do I want to go over to where the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, I'm here to separate the good Jews from the satanic Jews. And I want you guys to hear it from him, 
because the Jewish community often uh, attempts to make it well, seem like he's talking about uh, everybody makes you think that he's talking about all Jews. And that's their strawman argument that they like to use. However, that's exactly what it is, just a strawman argument. So let's check out the minister's words right from his mouth. It's this that they fear. That's right. I don't have no army. I just know the truth. And I'm here to separate the good Jews from the satanic Jews. Yes, yes, yes! This is just the beginning, banning me from a social platform. I use that platform with respect. That's right. I never allow those who follow me to become vile as those who speak evil of us. That's right. So I am dangerous. Not to you. Unless you feel that Father Flager's invitation to me may hurt St. Sabina. They don't have the power to hurt St. Sabina if you don't give them that power. So I would like to stop right there real quick and... I like to look at what the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan just said about that particular church. He says that they don't have the power to hurt unless we give them that power. And honestly, that advice is how I take it with us. Uh, they don't have the power to hurt us and really harm us unless we give them that power. And I can recall back when the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan says what media made, media can destroy. But what God made you can't destroy that. So it's always important uh, for us to always strive to do for self, for us to always strive to follow God. And, and matter of fact, in Twitter teachings 2.0, somebody asked, how do you know when you're receiving a blessing from God and from Satan? Well, the minister says, well, with Satan or the devil, you have strings attached, but with God, we don't. So this is why it's important for us to continue to not just look at people online or look at celebrities and marvel at the good uh, money that they have or the life that it appears that they have because you will you will rather or I would rather have less money and be free than to have a lot of money and be a 40 million dollar slave as that book um, talks about before we get into the show I also want to show one more thing which is the controversy where did the controversy come a lot of people saying what did Nick Cannon say a lot of people missed that they said I didn't see it well let's show what brother Nick Cannon actually said and I want to hear Brother Demetrix's uh, thoughts on it. And uh, I want to hear y'all thoughts on it as well in the comment section. Let's check it out. Let's see what Brother Nick said. Let, what did he say? Here we go. Here it is right here, family. This is what he said. Oh, let's, let's go to what it really is then. When we talk about the power of melanated people, when we talk mm -hmm. about who we really are as gods and, and understanding right. that our melanin is so power and it connects us in a way that the reason why they fear black, the reason why they fear is because they, the lack that they have of it. So then when you see what, you know, Dr. Uh, Francis C. Wellesley talked about is that 
fear and that 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 just uh, genetic that, annihilation deficiency mm-hmm. of when you have a person that has ha, has the lack of pigment, the right. lack of melanin, right. that they know that they will be annihilated. So therefore, however they got the power, they 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 have the lack of compassion mm-hmm. that mel- melanin comes with compassion melanin comes with soul that mm-hmm. we call it we call it soul we soul brothers and sisters that's the melanin that connects us. Right. so the people that don't have it have are are a little and I'm, I'm gonna say this carefully <laughs> are a little less and and and, and where the term actually comes from because i'm bringing it all the way back around okay. to, to minister farrakhan to where they may not have the compassion or the the when they were sent to the mountains of Caucasus, when they when they didn't have the power of the sun, that was that the sun then started to deteriorate mm-hmm. them. So then they're acting out of fear. They're acting out of low self-esteem. They're acting out of a, a deficiency. Mm-hmm. So therefore, the only way that they can act is evil. The only way they can they, they have to rob, steal, rape, kill, and fight or flight okay. in, or, in order to survive. Exactly. So then, these people who didn't have what we had, and when I say we, I speak of the mm-hmm. melanated people. Right. They had to be savages. They had to be barbaric. They had because they're in these Nordic mountains. They're in these rough, uh, torrential environments. Mm. So they they're acting as animals. Right. So they're the ones that are actually closer to animals. They're the ones that are actually the true savages. And then they built up such this this I don't want to say warrior, but they built up such this 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 conquering mm-hmm. uh barbaric mentality that they're coming out of Europe. They then said, in order for us to survive, we have to take what's not ours. And then they went into the land that actually where we were are originated. Mm-hmm. And instead of trying to make friends, they said, we want what you got. Because there's this mentality of the whether it's the Caesars or or even that that we have to conquer. Right, right, right. So I say all that to say the context. And when when we speak of whether it's Jewish people, white people, Europeans, the Illuminati. Mm. They were doing that as survival tactics right. to stay on this planet. Right, because they, we never had to do that. Right, right, because they've learned when they circumnavigated the globe and they ran into these islands and these places and we were already there to greet them. Right. With open arms. With open arms, teaching them, but then But when they, they were deficient. They were deficient, so they wanted to get what they thought we had, and we did have it. So the rape took place of the woman. Mm. The theft took place of the natural resources. And then that's when their their disease, exactly. that's where their mentality, because I'm trying to get to that place of how they were able to get control over the gods. How right, they were right, able right. to get control okay, over so their Okay, so once they people. learned that, though, and now they <laughs> raped and impregnated, left and came back, and they saw the child lighter, Mm. They said, wow, that's when they learned genetics, Mm. genetic annihilation. Mm. So now you have to set up a system of white supremacy to control that. Right. So now we have 13 families here, Illuminati that's manipulating and controlling, subgroups. Now we got to set up organizations. Coming out of Europe. You understand what I'm saying? And for that same system, now you're talking about survival, what you just laid out. Now it's fight or flight. Now we have to set up these systems in order to survive. Right. But listen, not just survive to get some damn um some hamburger buns and some cheese. <laughs> I'm talking about on a genetic level. On a genetic, because they will, and that's even 
from the white nationalists to the white supremacy mentalities to Donald Trump himself wanting to build walls. Right. They're trying to keep their what they consider purity. What exactly. They, on a subconscious level. They're trying to stay Because sometimes because they don't know how they, why they're acting out. It, it's just been proven. It was National Geographic just put it out by, what, 2050. Uh-huh. Every person will be a person of color. In a minute. Now, they they saying that's as soon okay. as 2050. So, there it is, Shana. That is the famous um uh, man um uh, clip i guess got brother in trouble so brother Dimitri, what's your thoughts on all that well brother ben you know what's fascinating to me is that as i see both of our great brothers professor griff and nick cannon they're sitting in a studio setting that has been designed like a library and as I listened to my great brother, Nick Cannon, I listened to him share information that is the result of his study and is the result of his inquiry and his reading of books. Uh, because I'm familiar with much of the information and the sources from which he has drawn that information, I recognize books like The Chalice and the Blade. I recognized information from the Iceman inheritance. I recognized in his conversation information from the ISIS papers, Dr. Francis Cress Welsing's great book. I recognized aspects of the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. And I think that instead of an apology, it may have been a better course for our brother to do something that I saw Minister Farrakhan do and I saw his representatives do when I came into the Nation of Islam. I came into the Nation of Islam as a teenager uh, in the early 90s. And this is before the age of social media. This is before the YouTube era. And what oftentimes many of Minister Farrakhan's best ministers would do, they would come out on a stage. They would come to the rostrum and they would have a stack of books. I think they say it nowadays as showing your receipts. So our brother was speaking from a place of knowledge and enlightenment. And quite frankly, this highlights the fact that there is information that is given to the general public, and it differs from information that scholars read and study and publish. And so oftentimes that which the scholars know to be true, the general public has never heard of. So when the general public hears what the scholars have said, they oftentimes are very shocked at what the scholars have said. And so I think that our brother uh, was pressured to make an apology based upon um, threats and intimidation particularly with respect to him invoking the name, the noble name of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Uh, Brother Ben, going all the way back to 1994, the Anti-Defamation League of B'nai B'rith proposed a policy of engagement with the ministry of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And in a report called Mainstreaming Anti-Semitism, the legitimation of Louis Farrakhan, Stephen Freeman of the ADL, said, 
You know, we can't stop Farrakhan. But what we can do and what we must do is place an obligation on all who deal with him or give to him a platform from which he can share his message. In other words, they said that we will punish all who share their platform with the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And it is unfortunate that our beautiful brother, who is like a baby in knowledge, a baby in wisdom, a baby in his growing understanding, like many of us were, he has not mastered the knowledge that he is learning. However, he's in a position to influence millions, even with his infant knowledge of truth and the knowledge of self. And so because he is in such a high profile position, any position to influence millions, to cause millions of his fans and his supporters to come and investigate the wisdom that he has been feeding from, to look into things that they haven't prior to looked into before, our brother was set upon because those who are in power, who rule America, are engaged in something that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan described as the deliberate dumbing down of the American people. This hiding of the light to keep the masses of the American people feeding from forms of entertainment that don't educate and enlighten the masses, but feed filth and debauchery to the masses. And our brother represents one of many athletes and entertainers who are in this season of racial upheaval and political turmoil, are privately in the confines of their own home, awakening to truth that heretofore they had not been awakened to before. And they are excited and they want to share what they are learning with those who admire and follow them. And this is all that our brother did. And we stand with our brother and our prayers are with him. And our love is with him because we understand, you know, Brother Ben, uh, there's a principle in law that confessions made under duress are inadmissible in courts of law. In other words, we know the true heart and the true sentiment of our brother and that which he was forced to do in order to save his career. We are not paying attention to that because we understand he operates in a world that he does not control. And so we hope that our brother will go within himself and continue to study, to continue to be enlightened. And our prayers is that Allah gives him the courage and the wisdom to continue in his journey towards self-knowledge and the enlightenment of all of those who admire him. Are you somebody who wants to do for self, start your own business online, and you just... You need an accountability partner. You want to be a part of a private group so when you get a little down, you can see other people and they can help you come back up. Are you looking for a weekly coaching where we bring in not only other special guests who are six-figure and seven-figure earners, but we teach you on a weekly basis every Tuesday and Thursday at 7 p.m. Inside of the ABS trial, we're giving you business game, life game, and we're holding each other accountable many courses and programs out there you just get the program and you all by yourself but what i found especially in our community we need like a community we need people who we can communicate with we need people who we can talk to in the inbox and that's what the abs tribe is all about so if you want to check out the abs tribe go to the 
abstribe.com. It's only $50 a month. $1.60 per day. Literally, $1.60 per day. Go to the abstribe.com if you guys want our, uh, our weekly coaching. It's off the chain, it's lit, and most importantly, it's blacktastic. Quick question. I believe that a lot of them, as you said, are, are interested in sharing knowledge. Um, they're excited about sharing this knowledge. And I have on the screen here Brother Ice Cube, who's been going in on Twitter. I mean, he's been letting them have it, tweeting Honorable Elijah Muhammad, talking about the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. We hear P. Diddy said, man, you can come work with us. Nick Cannon jumped out there. When the people or the Jewish community come after them and say, are you supporting Farrakhan? Don't you know he's an anti-Semite? Don't you know he's, he's a bigot? Don't you know that he said that, you know, we're termites? Don't you know his history? Because, see, Brother uh, Demetri, I don't know if you read it or seen it. Let me see. See if I can go to it. There, there was said that there was a, um, a letter, a report sent to Nick Cannon. And it was from, uh, who was this from? There was a report sent. The Weezen Falls sent. Yes, did you read that? Yes, sir. It's an old report. Okay, so it's, that- a, it's been in existence for years. Uh, it's generated by the Anti-Defamation League of B'nai B'rith. Mm-hmm. And what it consists of are quotes from Minister Farrakhan that have been taken out of context, that have been edited and shortened. And these quotes are presented without any context, without any frame of reference. Many of these quotes are extracted from lectures delivered by Minister Farrakhan that were over three or four hours in length. And so they extract certain passages from the passionate part of the minister's delivery, and they present these to unsuspecting admirers of the minister who have a high profile or celebrity status, and then they pose a question to them. Do you agree with these statements that Minister Farrakhan has made? And of course, when these celebrities are blindsided, by information that they have not been prepared to receive, of course, they say, well, no, I don't agree with those statements. And then they are told, well, you went in the public admiring a man who made these statements. Now your responsibility is to go into the public and deny and repudiate and apologize for ever admiring such a man. One of the points that I want to emphasize, Brother Ben, is the fact that we should reflect upon a truth that should be obvious to us, but maybe it is not. And that truth is that how can an enslaved people expect for their slave master to approve of a man whose purpose it is to liberate the enslaved? Mm. None of our great leaders, heroes and heroines were ever approved of and supported by the very white power structure that they were purposed to liberate our people from. So likewise it is with the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. The minister is in the good company of Jesus. Jesus was opposed by the Jewish leaders of his day. The minister is in the good company of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. He was opposed by the Jewish leaders of his day. He is in the good company of the Honorable Marcus Mosiah Garvey, Malcolm X, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., as well as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, great ones, champions, who had a salvific and messianic work among us. 
However, they faced crucifixion by certain groups who claimed to represent the Jewish community, but in truth, their claims to represent the Jewish community is actually fastly eroding as many Jewish men and women are privately come to agree with and believe in Minister Farrakhan. So this is some of the historical context with which these modern events are unfolding. And it's helpful for us, Brother Ben, to always consult history. History, according to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, sheds light on current events. And those who carefully study the cyclical nature of history actually can develop the ability to prophesy the future. So in our community, we only think about what's going on today. We were made to hate history when we were going through the public school system. That was some people actually called the public fool system. We were made to hate history, Brother Ben. But in truth, gems, rich wisdom, timeless guidance is hidden in history. And so the events that are taking place today, if we study history, we will understand them. And I respectfully submit, Brother Ben, there are many of us who love the great heroes and great leaders of the past. But if you consider yourself to be a man or a woman who would have stood with Jesus when he was being crucified, if you would have stood with Prophet Muhammad when he was being opposed, heck, if you say Malcolm X is your man, if you say Dr. King is your man, well, I say you can easily prove what you would have done yesterday by doing the right thing today and that is taking a stand in support of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Question. So the question I was getting to is, let's say we got an athlete, we got a rapper that jumps out there, or we just have somebody who said, you know what, man, I seen July 4th, and I want to put this out there about the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, but this person got a large following, so the Jewish community is looking at this. When they inbox them, when they contact them, when they contact their agents and say, hey, check out this report, what should be the next steps of this brother before him just coming out saying, you know what? I didn't know. I apologize. What do you say his next step should be when he supports the minister and they send him a report, but he's not as much studied as, you know, you are or somebody else who can defend them, you know, greatly. What should be his next steps? It's like anything, brother Ben, whenever you get information, there's a rule that we should all live by. That number one rule is consider the source. If you are receiving information from a source that is hostile to the subject of the information, then that information by default is suspect. So we in the Nation of Islam have produced our own report, reports, plural. And we would respectfully uh, ask that our brothers and sisters who receive a report on us, Come and see our report on them. We have information that has been documented from sources, rabbis, historians, and scholars from the Jewish community that document the Jewish role in the transatlantic slave trade and the sabotage of the Black Liberation Movement. These are sources that are irrefutable and invincible. And we can share this information with our people to be the antidote to the false reports that have been given to them 
by the Anti-Defamation League of B'nai B'rith, the Southern Poverty Law Center, and the Simon Wiesenthal Center, who, as I pointed out, don't just take issue or find fault with Minister Farrakhan in the Nation of Islam, but they have a long history of interfering with and working to sabotage the black struggle for liberation and justice in America. Unfortunately, black people are aware of Gentile white oppression, but most are oblivious to the oppression that have come from whites in the Jewish community. And so oftentimes, whenever you begin to be critical, whenever you identify and exclaim and emphasize as has the minister, as, as has Minister Farrakhan has done, Jewish misconduct in the black community, they simply engage in name calling. You have not to this point had any scholar, any journalist go through Minister Farrakhan's lecture and deconstruct his argument. You've never heard them impeach the sources of his arguments and claim. And this is by design. They understand that what the minister is boldly proclaiming cannot be refuted, cannot be defeated, because it's on a firm foundation of facts and documentation. So they have decided is to just to continue to participate in the ritual defamation of Minister Farrakhan, hoping to keep the information that Minister Farrakhan is standing on out of the public. Okay, it's funny you say that because honestly, that was the next thing I wanted to show the family. Because when you said that the other day in the interview, I looked it up. Uh, ritual defamation, and I want to show the family exactly what it is. So when I look at this document here, if you look on this on this side, let me see if y'all can see me highlighting that. Yep, you can see it. So it says right here exactly what Brother Dimitri said. An important rule in ritual defamation is to avo avoid engaging in any kind of debate over the truthfulness or responsibleness of what has been expressed. Only condemn it. To, to debate open opens the issue up for examination and discussions of his merits in consideration of the evidence that may support it, which is just what the ritual defamer is trying to avoid. The primary goal of a ritual defamation is censorship and repression. So I want to show you guys that. Now, that leads me to something because I got an inbox the other day. I don't know who they thought they was DM and trying to. You know, uh, DM me about the minister's words about the anti-Semite, anti-Termite. Anti so a couple people in my comments said they never heard the minister say it. They probably never heard it. So I want to play it, Brother Demetri, and I want to uh, and I want you to uh, break down what the minister is saying here. So for those who never heard the minister say it, here's the context in which he was talking about. Check it out right here. Now. White folk don't like Farrakhan. Some of them respect me. But those who have been our deceivers, they can't stand me. I'm not mad with you. In fact, to the members of the Jewish community that don't like me, thank you very much for putting my name all over the planet 
because of your fear of what we represent. I can go anywhere in the world and they've heard of Farcon. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm not mad at you. Because you're so stupid. Don't you know, my teacher, Elijah Muhammad, taught me one day. He said, there once was a donkey that fell in the ditch. <laughs> and everybody came along, they picked up a stone and threw it at the donkey. They threw so many stones till the ditch got filled up and the donkey walked out. So my teacher said, brother, remember, every knock is a boost. Is a boost. So when they talk about Farrakhan, call me a hater. You know what they do? Call me an anti-Semite. Stop it. I'm anti-termite. I don't know nothing about hating somebody because of their religious preference. Now, the crazy thing is he even explained it. Although this clip is about to cut off, he even explains and shows you the difference between anti-Semite and anti-termite. He's expressing what he means right here. Check it out. About hating somebody. Go back a little bit more. I don't know nothing about hating somebody because of their religious preference. So they won't show that. So, Brother Dimitri, the famous, he called us termites. Break it down for us. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Brother Ben, because I was blessed to be there in Detroit with the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan for that Holy Day of Atonement message. And we were blessed to have uh, provided research support for the minister's message that day. And first of all, I want to talk about the meaning and the intention of the minister in his reference to termites. And then I want to talk about the use of the word termite and its history as a political metaphor. First of all, the minister's use of that term was in reference to the supreme wisdom lessons of the nation of Islam. If you go back and listen to the entirety of that message, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan invoked the history of the nation of Islam in Detroit during that message. Our glorious history that began in earnest July 4th, 1930 in Detroit, Michigan, with the coming of Allah in the person of the great Mahdi, Master Fard Muhammad. And he gave to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad lessons. He began to teach him many things. He began to teach him the history of the world the history of the original man, the history of the Caucasian, and the future destiny of America. And within those powerful lessons that when I was growing up as a youngster 
and you had many of the five percenter brothers who were the popular rappers of my teenage years, they would drop hints and references from the Supreme Wisdom Lessons in their rhymes. And so many young people back during that time, we would say we were hip to the lessons. And so in the lessons, Master Fard Muhammad, he looked at the total population of the human family of the planet Earth. And he said that all human beings could fit within three main categories. He said the 85% or 85% of the human family, Brother Ben, are blind, deaf, and dumb, and in a grave of ignorance, slaves to mental death and power, poison animal eaters. He then said that there was 5% of the population who know the reality of the true and the living God, who teach righteousness and civilization. Then he identified a 10% whom he called the bloodsuckers of the poor, who teach the poor lies and teach them to believe in a mystery God and rule over the planet. And so it is this 10% who are the wicked. These satanic forces that hold sway over human life on the planet. The minister referenced them as termites. Now, to be clear, this reference of termites has a definitive history as a political metaphor. I put together a video collage of this metaphor being used by some very prominent people. Mm. CNN commentator Van Jones referred to the Trump administration as termites. Son of former President Ronald Reagan, Michael Reagan, referred to the liberals as termites. Uh, Islamic critic Ayan Hirsi Ali referred to Islamic fundamentalists as termites. And there are several others in the video that were using that term as a description of their political adversaries, not as a term to identify people that they hated or that they wanted to see removed from the planet or exterminated. And those who call Minister Farrakhan uh, a hater for using that term, they are not unaware of the use of the word termite as a political metaphor. But again, they are now participants in the ritual defamation of a man that has been dubbed persona non grata by the rulers of America. And so they are on code, if you will. They are following the script that at all costs defame Farrakhan. And so that is what the minister meant. And that is also the common usage of that term in public political discourse. Peace, family. Thank you for checking out the Brother Ben X podcast. Many people are wondering, what can I do now since digital real estate closed on October the 1st? I still want to learn how to make money on social media. I still want to learn how to market. And I still want to learn how to build my brand. Well, there's one more way that you can do it. It's a couple ways, but I want to tell you all about the ABS tribe. 
The ABS Tribe is weekly coaching every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for only $50 a month. If you are looking for accountability, if you're looking for a group of people that's willing to inspire you, help you out, support you, encourage you, you want to get inside of our ABS Tribe because every Tuesday and Thursday, me and Brother Jake or one of our more top million dollar friends or six-figure friends are on teaching you every single week. If you want to join the ABS Tribe, go to www.whatisabstribe.com. www.whatisabstribe.com. All right, so let's get right to the slide. We're going to get to the slides now. And as we can see here, we have the slide up. And it's called ADL is not going to make Farrakhan go away. What we can and should do is impose an obligation on those who deal with him or as in the case of universities, give him a platform. In each case, the burden should be on those who give Farrakhan some measure of credibility. This was in the Civil Rights Division Policy Background Report. Now, I know you mentioned that earlier, but did you want to go into detail a little bit or move to the next slide? Well, I just wanted to say that this is the document that they are operating from in their decision to punish Charlemagne the God, uh, Nick Cannon, Deshaun Jackson. Is that statement is like coded language, Brother Ben. Hmm. You may have watched that movie, The Godfather. In the movie, The Godfather, The Godfather was known for making this statement. Well, we will give him an offer he can't refuse. Mm -hmm. Now, we know that doesn't mean take him down and buy him his favorite ice cream. We know that's a euphemism. That's coded language to say in a nice way something that is, in reality, very dastardly. So Mr. Freeman is saying, well, we'll place under an obligation those who give a platform for Farrakhan. In other words, since we can't punish Farrakhan, he depends on his God and on those who believe in him to support him. We will punish those who deal with him. And the purpose of this was to actually marginalize and isolate Minister Farrakhan from his people, particularly those in the black community who have a celebrity status, who have means and access to resources that they would be inspired to use to help Minister Farrakhan help the masses of black people. So this is very important for us to appreciate that what was done to Nick Cannon was discussed and planned way back in 1994. Wow. All right, moving on. Hitler controversy. Uh, did you want to touch on this? I did. Because Minister Farrakhan is frequently accused of referring to Hitler as great. Right. Now, I don't know if I sent you the slide, but it's on my Instagram page. And I just thought about it. I should have sent it to you. But there was a Boston Globe journalist, a man by the name of David Nyhan. And he busted the ADL years ago 
for lying on Minister Farrakhan. Oh, we can get it. Uh, shoot, uh, uh, we got the technology. There you go. Yeah, there you go. And Mr. Nyhan, he went in, as they say, on the ADL. And they're lying on the minister, truncating or shortening his statement about Hitler and not including the full quote that puts the quote in the proper context that shows that Minister Farrakhan, while acknowledging Hitler's great historical significance, distanced himself by pejoratively yet accurately describing Hitler as a wicked killer. Now, again, the ritual defamation. They never show you the full quote of the minister. They only say he called Hitler great. Well, I found out that former President John F. Kennedy, when he was studying the life of Adolf Hitler, he wrote in his diary that they discovered long after he was dead that he also was admiring the historical significance of a man that's a wicked killer. Not that he admired Hitler and his murderous role in Jewish history, but that as an intellectual and as an academic, someone who can look dispassionately at historical events and whether they be morally good or morally bad, respectfully admit when they will be significant for many years to come. So President Kennedy, he wrote, if you'll go to the next slide, I think I had just a couple of quotes. He said, you can easily understand how that within a few years, Hitler will emerge from the hatred that surrounds him now as one of the most significant figures who ever lived. He goes on to say, Hitler had boundless ambition for his country, which rendered him a menace to the peace of the world, but he had a mystery about him in the way he lived and the manner of his death that would live. And he had, I believe it goes on to say, the stuff of which legends are made. Now, we never hear about this quote from our former president, mm -hmm. you know, because those who understand what he was saying would never misconstrue what he said as having approved of what Hitler did to the Jewish people. On the contrary, we see it as a man who is dispassionately looking at a horrible historical episode but seeing that the man who created such evil was, as the old saying goes, an evil genius. I mean, Brother Ben, a man that's a mad scientist, he's still a scientist, mm -hmm. <laughs> even though he may be mad. Yet, President John F. Kennedy, his picture adorns the mantelpiece right alongside Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., and white Jesus in many homes across America. JFK, Dr. King, and white Jesus are on the mantelpieces in many homes across America, especially in the black community. 
then we show Brother Ben that when you go into the Encyclopedia Britannica, I'm not going to read all of this, but I'll read some of it just so you can see that Minister Farrakhan's statements are in harmony with the academic writers who publish the Encyclopedia Britannica. The Encyclopedia Britannica states there's a general consensus about Hitler's historical importance. Parentheses, a term that does not imply a positive judgment. Close parentheses. Hitler was principally and alone responsible for starting World War II. His most amazing achievement was his uniting the great mass of the German and Austrian people behind him. Throughout his career, his popularity was larger and deeper than the popularity of the National Socialist Party. A great majority of Germans believed in him until the very end. In this respect, he stands out among almost all of the dictators of the 19th and 20th century, which is especially impressive when we consider that the Germans were among the best educated uh, people. Of course, what contributed to this support were the economic and social successes for which he fully took credit during his early leadership. The virtual disappearance of unemployment, the rising prosperity of the masses, the new social institutions, and the increase of German prestige in the 1930s. Achievements unparalleled in the histories of other modern totalitarian dictatorships. In spite of the spiritual and intellectual progenitors of some of his ideas, there is no German national leader to whom he may be compared. In sum, he had no, and I can't see the bottom of the slide, he had no equal, I believe. By 1938, he had made Germany the most powerful and feared country in Europe and perhaps in the world. He achieved all of this without war, and there are some historians who state that had he died in 1938 before the mass executions began, he would have gone down in history as the greatest statesman in the history of the German people. Mm. Now, that is the Encyclopedia Britannica. Look at the detail with which they describe Mr. Hitler's career. They go be above and beyond anything that Minister Farrakhan has said. Yet the Encyclopedia Britannica is still freely available on the Internet and in the homes of many people to read and study from, while Minister Farrakhan has been banned from most social media platforms. Mm -hmm. So, again, this is an agenda. It is an agenda to deprive black people in America of adequate leadership and representation through purposely distorting the minister's words and assigning to him motives that don't belong to him and detaching to his noble name and reputation falsities and absurdities. So now we're going to go into who are the real children of Israel? I played these two lectures at the uh, on my Instagram, and a lot of people was uh, really educated by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Um, we even have our Hebrew Israelite brothers that was a little surprised that the minister said that, but that's a whole nother story. But we're going to get right to the uh, slide here. Are black people the real children of Israel? Now, I want to say, Brother Ben, that 
This is a theological argument. This is an argument that must be rightly engaged in with those who have an understanding of the history of religions. Now, to be very candid, most who are believers in religion are not necessarily aware of the academic part of religion. Mm. Most people just do their best to be good believers. I don't care if they're Jews, Christians, Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus, agnostics, whatever. So now when you get into the academic part of it, to see what men and women who study these religions, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 hours a day, who devote years of their life to the study of religions, to become recognized as scholars of religion. When you read their writings, if you're just a mere believer, you may be shocked to find out that what you believe about your respective religion does not agree with the facts as they have been identified by the scholars of your religion. So oftentimes, scholars, they teach preachers of religion. Preachers of religion teach the believers of the religion. But there is a gap in between what the scholars say and what the people believe in. And so when you hear the Nation of Islam articulate a belief that it is the black man and woman of America who are the actual fulfillment of the biblical and the Quranic descriptions of the children of Israel, people feel that that may be anti-Semitic or anti-Jewish. But that's our theological belief. And we can prove why we believe that. We can provide support for our belief that is verifiable with the best of religious scholarship. And I think in these slides, we just give a cursory overview of some scriptures that can help those who are tuning in to develop a general appreciation for why we say it is the black black man and woman of America who are the real children of Israel. Now, before we get to the next slide, how I, I want to ask you this. How does the Jewish community believe that they are those Jews when it when it clearly talks about the children of Israel and them being enslaved in a strange land for 400 years? How do they make that them? Well, primarily through tradition. Um, you'll find, and I think I may have in the slides, that Tel Aviv University and other schools right in Israel have hosted professors who have done archaeological research, who once they do the archaeological research, they come back and they report their findings and they publish their findings in books. Again, most of us don't read these kind of books. We're too busy reading magazines and comic books. 
We ain't looking into, you know, finding the truth of the scriptures and the prophecies. Not many of us, some of us. But men like Zav Herzog, Israel Finkelstein, uh, Shlomo Sands. These are distinguished professors who preach in Israel, who are members of the Jewish community. However, Brother Ben, when they do their historical writings that's based upon their archaeological findings, they say, you know what? Our people, the Jewish people, the Israelis, we are not the people that have been described in the Torah as the children of Israel. So now this is shocking when you say it publicly, because again, it's only been known to academics and scholars. It's been published on the pages of books that sit on shelves inside libraries that are on campuses of colleges and universities. Mm. Now that's a long way from John and Jane Q. Public in the hood, trying to survive paycheck to paycheck, day to day. Man, I'm just trying to put food on the table for my family. Even it's a long way away from the poor white man and woman. However, even though this truth might be controversial, some people say it might be offensive. But now what we really want to know, is it the truth? One thing that you must appreciate about academic writings is that academic research, before it is published in academic journals, goes through a peer review process. So scholars vet the writings of other scholars, and they don't allow it to be published if they can poke holes in it and say that the research is flawed. But there are many books that will say that the people who live in Israel, the modern Jews, etc., are not the people described in the Torah as the children of Israel. Now, these scholars have not gone as far as to say who does fit that description. If you want to know who fits that description, then I say you have to come to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and Minister Farrakhan. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad says that Allah revealed to him that the black man and woman of America are the real children of Israel. So these are theological and religious arguments that we are prepared to have. But so far, they have just, you know, uh, relied upon the ritual defamation machine to condemn these beliefs as being anti-Semitic or anti-Jewish or insulting or whatever. But last time I checked in America, you have the freedom of religion. You have the freedom to believe what you believe. And that don't mean you can support what you believe, but America guarantees you the right to believe it. Now, we fortunately can prove what we believe using reputable scholarship and documentation and history. So um, that's a huge subject. It could be a show on its own, Brother Ben, but uh, I'll put a pen in it just to give you an opportunity to ask another question if you desire so many people ask me, Brother Ben asked, man, how do I know that you're going live? How do I know when you're producing a podcast? And I saw you also just made $130,000 in two days. Well, there's a way that you guys can get informed from us via text message. All you have to do is text 50K to 210-504-4094, and we'll give you more information with free game 
and we'll let you guys know how we made $130,000 in two days. Text the word 50K to 210-504-4094. We'll give you updates, notifications, and let you guys know how we made $130,000 in two days. Peace. Did you want to go through these uh, these few scriptures? Sure, sure. Yeah, let's let's look at some of those scriptures and uh, see if we can draw parallels to the condition of our people. Can you see it? I story? think you, you have that one there that comes from Daniel 1 and 7. Mm-hmm. The children of Israel names were changed while they were in bondage. And of course, many of us, if you grew up in the church, the black church, we all have been familiar with the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, mm-hmm. whose names were Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. But in bondage, their names were changed, and those who were their masters gave them names that they wanted them to have. So then we cite from the history of, of slavery in America uh, what they say when they talk about the slaves have been stripped of their status, their names, their families, and friends, and their customs and culture, you see. Uh, when I read that in that academic textbook, I said that sounded almost identical to a Nation of Islam lecture. Right. Because we are known for saying they stole from us our name, our language, our culture, our religion, our God. But that experience of our people, that's a part of the qualifier to be rightly dubbed the children of Israel. We, we cited how the children of Israel had been robbed and spoiled. And then we go into the history of how employers in the South made a practice of supplying their black workers with cocaine. Mm. Thus, they kept a steady supply on hand to increase productivity and keep workers content. Cocaine was also a cheap incentive to maintain control of workers. That's a quote from Mr. Richard Harvey Brown's writing, Coca and Cocaine in the United States. Now, that fits what the scripture says about the children of Israel being a people who were spoiled or defiled, a people who, in order to maintain control of them, their slave masters determined to morally corrupt them. Mm. So in the modern era, Brother Ben, you know that there's a stereotype that the black community is often a community with drug addicts and dope fiends. Everybody nowadays is talking about the opioid epidemic and trying to get treatment for the people who are addicted to opiates. And I agree that they need treatment. But when crack addiction was the main drug problem of America, the language and the conversation revolved around crime and punishment. So many young crack addicts were in prison while many young opiate addicts are going to receive treatment. And this is because of the stereotype that goes all the way back to the history of how plantation masters and owners gave to our forefathers and foremothers narcotics so that in a narcotic state of being, we might be easier to control and turn out a greater work output. Again, our lived experience as a suffering and enslaved people, you can draw parallels from our experience to the Bible's descriptions of the real children of Israel. And there's a complete match. 
There it is. So let's go into, I wonder if they call out and make Jewish journal articles about their own rabbis. So we see here, Rabbi admits Farrakhan does not teach violence, nor does those who follow him harm Jews. And here it is right here. Yes, this is extracted, Brother Ben, from a very excellent report, affectionately referred to as the Trotter Report, put together by a white pastor and chaplain, the Reverend William Alperts, out of Boston, Massachusetts. And he wanted to study how the media's coverage of Minister Farrakhan was unfair. And so he put this report together in the aftermath of the Million Man March. And I believe Rabbi Bruce Kahn, whose quote appears on the screen, he wrote a foreword or an introduction to Reverend Alpert's report. So from the start, we find this uniqueness about the Trotter Report and that you have a white Christian and a white Jew writing a form of a defense of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And I appreciate Rabbi Khan's candid, unbought, unsolicited testimony. Look at what he said. He said, I am, a, I am white. I am a rabbi. I attended the Million Man March. Well, I stood hour after hour in the midst of a sea of excited, highly principled, welcoming black men. Well, let's pause right there for a minute, Brother Ben. Okay. Now, these were nearly two million men who came to hear Minister Farrakhan. Nearly two million men who were willing to follow Minister Farrakhan. Yet a white Jewish rabbi says that these were highly principled men that he felt comfortable around. But I thought Minister Farrakhan was the anti-Semite. You mean his anti-Semitic followers didn't attack and violently assault the white rabbi? Let's go on a little bit further in that quote. He says, I listened to the speeches and shared in the grandeur of an extraordinary moment in history. Mostly it was privilege, I was privileged or it was a privilege to bear witness to how important this gathering was to the African-Americans who were present. On that Monday, I was enveloped in an overwhelming sense of joy pride, responsibility, thoughtfulness, hope, and love. I'm going to pause right there again. The rabbi is saying that being in a crowd of nearly 2 million followers of a man who is supposed to hate white people and hate Jews, he felt joy, pride, responsibility. This is an extraordinary admission from a member of the Jewish clergy. 
and a highly respected member of the Jewish clergy. Let's go on, Brother Ben. He said, the people who listen to Minister Farrakhan do not go chasing down Jews or gays or whites or Koreans to beat them and murder them. They do not do that for two reasons. First, Minister Farrakhan warns them against such violent behavior. Well, let's stop right there. The rabbi said, Farrakhan's ministry is not a precipitant of anti-white, anti-Jewish, anti-gay, anti-Korean violence. Then he says the reason being is because Minister Farrakhan actually preaches against violence. Well, wait a minute now. Why is a man who preaches against violence not allowed on all these social media platforms? Why is Nick Cannon and Deshaun Jackson and Stephen Jackson and others, Alan Iverson, being made to feel humiliated and publicly apologize for respecting a man who causes a white Jewish rabbi to feel joy, excitement, responsibility, and a man who does not preach violence. Brother Ben, you know that as members of the nation, we are not even permitted to own guns. We are not permitted to have weapons that take the lives of people. In fact, as a registered member of the nation of Islam, if you are found to be in possession of weapons, you will become in bad standing in the nation. And you will have to serve a period of time outside of the nation, suspended from the nation, until you relinquish those carnal weapons of this world. Let's go on, Brother Ben. Then the rabbi says, secondly, these verbal onslaughts do not constitute the main thrust of his message. As unacceptable as they are, they are tangential. Stop right there. Now, I don't agree with the rabbi's assessment of any part of the minister's message constituting a verbal onslaught or being something that is unacceptable. However, I respect that that is the rabbi's candid and unvarnished viewpoint. That's his opinion. But I don't subscribe to that. The minister speaks truth. And those who have studied the life of Jesus, you know that there's a body of sayings and teachings attributed to Jesus that have been referred to as the, quote, hard sayings of Jesus. A religious scholar, a man by the name of F.F. F. Bruce, he wrote a whole book called The Hard Sayings of Jesus. In other words, as a servant of God, Jesus was not a politician and he felt no compulsion to be politically correct. He said, whatsoever God the Father bids me to say, I'm saying it. It might hurt your feelings, but it's truth. You then should do an attitude adjustment to bring your attitude and your feelings in line with the truth if you believe in God. 
So the minister is not a politician. So what some might see as a verbal onslaught, they felt the same way about Jesus. In John the eighth chapter, he called his adversaries in the Jewish community devils. In another passage, I believe in Matthew, he referred to them as a brood of vipers. In another place, he told his followers, unless you hate your mother, unless you hate your father, unless you even hate your own life, you're unworthy of me. Wait a minute now, sound like Jesus teaching hate. Mm. So servants of God frequently speak to the people that which stings the people. But, you know, Brother Ben, when I was growing up as a boy down in the country in the south and in the cotton fields of Mississippi, the old folks sometimes would chastise you verbally. It was designed to keep from having to chastise you physically. And the good children, when mom and dad would begin fussing, when mom and dad would begin cussing, the good children would say, I'm going to have an attitude adjustment. I'm going to go and do what mom and dad have commanded me to do, even if it hurt my feelings. But sometimes you had that child, brother Ben, that didn't pay mom and dad fussing and cussing no opinion. So mom and dad didn't want to pull out that belt or that switch and whoop their child, they were trying to verbally get you to behave. But if you ignored the verbal commands, then came physical punishment. And the reality, God is like that. He sends prophets and messengers to a people who are corrupt and wicked, and they speak a painful truth because when you're in a life of sin and somebody's pulling your coattail, Somebody's exposing your sin, that ain't comfortable. Only the humble hearken unto the voice of correction coming from a servant of God. Those who want to persist in sin and wickedness, then they say that the messenger and the prophets of God are evil and are guilty of speaking these hateful sayings. Let's go on and finish that quote, Brother Ben. The rabbi says, Minister Farrakhan's listeners know that those statements are tangential. They are sufferers who know how tough it is to get a fair shake as black people. They want that to change. They hear in Minister Farrakhan's words, inspiration and instructions to begin to bring about that change. That is the message on which he focuses and on which they focus. That is not, however, the message on which the media focuses. It's a powerful statement by Rabbi Khan because he says that I don't like some of the things that the minister says about the Jewish community, but I acknowledge that's not the thrust of Farrakhan's message. That's not the substance of his appeal. Fact about it, if truth be told, if we did an analysis of Minister Farrakhan's statements condemning certain behaviors, you would find that the minister is more critical, more condemnatory of the misbehavior of his own people than he is 
of the misbehavior of Gentile whites or Jewish whites. Yet black folk have never said Farrakhan is anti-black. We understand that out of passion and frustration, he like a loving father or mother, he chastises us. Somewhere in the scripture, Brother Ben, it reads, and he or she whom the Lord loves, he chastens much. See, so, you know, if that scripture, and I think it's in the Torah, which is the Jewish scripture. If that scripture is true, then why don't the leaders of the ADL, the Southern Poverty Law Center, and the Wiesenthal Center, see Minister Farrakhan's chiding of them as an act of divine love that he would warn them in advance so that they might avoid a chastisement coming from Allah God. That's the proper way to receive divine warning is to be grateful that you have been warned and go and clean up your errant behavior so that you might avoid a well-earned punishment from God. And unfortunately, Brother Ben, as you know, the only biblical nation that was spared the punishment their sins had earned them from God was Nineveh. The prophet Jonah preached to Nineveh that they should repent. They repented. And the Bible says that when they repented, when they made an atonement, when they came out in sackcloth and ashes, the scripture has the beautiful way of saying that God repented of his decision to punish them because they came humbly with a penitent heart and submitted. Would that the leaders of the Jewish community, would that the leaders of America would take Nineveh as a model for themselves. Hey, listen, family, if you want to learn how to build your own banking system, yes, I said it, build your own banking system. We have a wonderful course, over 30 lessons, 25 hours of content that also comes with a 268-page textbook. Yes, textbook that's going to teach you how to build your own private banking system with your family. Let me tell you something. You don't have to be rich in order to do it. Inside of this, go to privatebankingblueprint.com, privatebankingblueprint.com, and we're going to show you exactly how you can build your own private banking system for your family. Guess what? Say bye to credit. Say bye to debt. I'm going to show you how to do it with our private banking blueprint. See you there, privatebankingblueprint.com. I want to take a quick break and listen to the words of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I posted this. And in the meantime, we're going to close out with a few questions. So if you guys have any questions, um, you guys can ask those questions right now while we play this clip from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So uh, let's have this thing, man. Let's stop talking about it. And I bet you if you can arrange it, we'll throw down. You all made him. There's no time in the 40 years since Hitler has been dead that we made a movie on Hitler, that we talked about Hitler. Y'all talk about him. And you all make him 
come through time with what the Nazis did. And you bring him to us to teach us of the Holocaust that you all suffered at the hands of Adolf Hitler. Well, let me ask you, we have just put out a book called The Secret Relationship Between Blacks and Jews, book one and book two, with over 2,000 footnotes mm. from Jewish rabbis, scholars, and historians. Now, come on and get the book and tell us if anything we said in the book is false. We need to have the debate that I was referring to earlier because this book was referred to by Mr. Potok as filled with inaccuracies, filled with untruths. See, that's a liar. I'm calling you that, Potok. You are of your father. He was a liar from the beginning. We want to sit down, see, and expose you for the liar that you are or the demon. Let's come on out. And let's have the showdown because it's time now that black people should go free from your control. You want them to you. You want to use me as a litmus test before any black man can rise. Let me tell you, there was a young violinist, a great young girl. She's 16 years of age. She was everything that I ever hoped to be. She was studying at the University of Indiana. And she had a tremendous Jewish teacher as her teacher. She and her mother knew nothing about me. But that man, according to the mother, told her, the mother, that if this child ever has anything to do with Louis Farrakhan, she will never get another lesson. Now, that's hate. I have never done any act of hatred towards you all. How did that even come up? How do you mean? I mean, you said it was it was a black girl, yeah, and her and her mother, and they, they were being talked by. Well, they came to me, uh, and she played for me. Oh, I see. And I gave her a five thousand dollar scholarship, and I didn't ask for it, but the mother told me that the teacher told them. She didn't even know who I was. But the teacher made me known. Let me tell you something. You're all so frightened of Farrakhan. Not because I'm a murderer, but see this thing, this truth that's in my mouth is what scares the hell out of you. But it's not my fault. If you were not doing wickedness, the truth couldn't find you. So uh, let's have this thing, man. Let's stop talking about it. And I bet you, if you can arrange it, we'll throw down. But I'll tell you, they ain't going to show up because light, darkness can't show up with light. It's the end of the argument. <laughs> well, that was the most gangster uh, ending right there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So the first question we have is, how are we going to support Nick Cannon? Well, first of all, we have to understand that our brother's reality is not our reality. 
And that's the language that I'm using coming from Minister Farrakhan. Minister Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam have a history of speaking and teaching the truth. Our brother Nick Cannon does not have a history of taking bold and controversial issues on. He is like a neophyte in the acquisition of an invincible truth. Jesus in the New Testament, Brother Ben, he made a statement. He said, I am thankful that God has kept certain truths away from the wise and the prudent man and has instead revealed it unto babes. Well, what happens when a baby is in possession of something of a great value and a great expense? You know, most of us, Brother Ben, we've had the experience of our little baby or our little child. We may be in another room and they'll get our cell phone and go and see if it'll float in the toilet. (laughs) You know, but that's what a baby does with something of a great value and a great expense. Sometimes when we are coming into knowledge and wisdom, we are not masters of it. We don't fully understand it. And we may not understand the implications of sharing our limited knowledge of truth on top of a mountain before the world. So I would say that we should support our brother by being patient with him. It's all right to be disappointed, but if we believe what we say and teach, then we understand the forces that our brother is up against. And I ask the question, would you fault a man or woman who was the victim of Satan. The Bible in the book of Revelation closes by describing Satan at the height of his power. From Genesis to Revelation, Satan grew from a simple serpent in the garden. In Genesis, By the time you get to Revelation, Brother Ben, they describe him as a dragon Mm. who had deceived the whole world, whose tail ensnared a third of the stars of heaven. So now this powerful beast victimizes a little brother who is just learning about that beast. And we would not have compassion for him. Let's support our brother by being patient with him. Let's support our brother by coming into greater unity as a people. Such that when Hollywood, as they do, they use up our great talented ones. And then they throw them away. They corrupt our great talented ones like a Whitney Houston, 
who is a beautiful girl, a child prodigy and virtuoso, singing the praises of God as hymns in churches. But after Hollywood got through with our beautiful sister, they were parading her image on a reality TV show before the world in a savage and ignoble way. So we have to become strong as a people. Charlemagne wasn't wrong. We have to become powerful enough such that there are consequences to harming our great ones. There are consequences for being anti-black, just like there are consequences for being called anti-Semitic. So we can't look at Nick Cannon and throw stones at him or judge him. If you can't say something positive or encouraging, don't say anything at all. Because as a people, we have work to do. Minister Farrakhan and other great leaders have implored us year after year, decade after decade to unite, settle our differences and unite, organize because we are more powerful united than we are divided. And you'll see that if we unite as a people, the outcomes for our entertainers and athletes will improve just like the outcomes for you and I who live in the hood day by day will improve. Yes, sir. Next question is, what do you say to the people who feel they have did no wrong since they were enslaved masters and feel that they are immune from racial bias because they support blacks? I'm assuming you mean white people. Yes, sir. That's what I, I think that's who they talking about. Well, I would say this. Most youth in white America if they knew better, they would do better. But in the campaign to dumb down the American people and in the effort to deny black children the knowledge of true black history, not only have our youth been deprived of knowing what happened to us, but white youth have also been deprived of knowing what happened to us. So I say to any sympathetic white person who believes that black lives matter, who sincerely want to support justice for the black man and woman of America, learn the history. You know, Brother Ben, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad wrote that what happened to our people was so horrific that the knowledge of it would make a brass monkey cry. Mm. So if the truth of what happened to us as a people is ever made known to the public in America, you'd find a lot of white people who would be sympathetic if they know the truth. But the truth is hidden. And all of those who are courageous enough, like Minister Farrakhan, to speak the truth are attacked. So the youth continue and the general public continues to be ignorant as to what put us in this condition that we are currently in. So the white suit are alive today. They were not those who enslaved us. 
However, statisticians have looked at something they call, Brother Ben, the wealth gap between blacks and whites in America. And they have said that for the average black family, it would take nearly a hundred years to close the gap between the accumulation of wealth to the average white family. What does this mean? This means that even though the modern white man is not the white man that enslaved black people, he is the beneficiary of what his forefathers did to our forefathers. So again, this is a part of knowing the history. Then if this history is made known, then we can have a conversation about real reparations. Because since we can't close that wealth gap on our own, working a nine to five job, making a little bit of money each week, then something should be done by the modern day white society to repair the economic damage, to repair the psychological damage, to repair the damage done to our families to repair the loss of land acquisition among our community. So there's a lot that they could do to help us if they first know the truth. So this is all the more reason why a man like Minister Farrakhan should be supported because he's the only one courageous enough to speak, not just the comfortable truths, but I remember, I think it was Vice President Al Gore talking about environmental or climate change. He did a movie, I think it was called An Inconvenient Truth. See, truth ain't always convenient. It ain't always comfortable. And I bear witness that God has prepared a man to speak that, that truth that is inconvenient and uncomfortable, but is vitally necessary to be spoken and hearkened unto if America is to be saved. Yes, sir. Well, we over uh, an hour, about to hit an hour and 30 minutes. Oh, so wow. we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah, it went by fast. It said time flies when you're having fun, <laughs> brother Ben. Yes, sir. So go ahead and let them know where they can find you on Instagram, where they can find you on Facebook and the websites to purchase your books. Go to researchminister.com, researchminister.com. Purchase our books, support our efforts. You can find us on Instagram as Demetric Muhammad, Facebook, Demetric Muhammad, Twitter, at Brother Demetric. And we would love to engage with you and to share with you that which is the supporting foundation of the bold ministry of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan that is filled with empirical data, history, scripture, and an insight into current events. Yes, sir. Well, I thank you for joining us. I look forward to having you back next time. And thank you again for the powerful, insightful information. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you, my brother. Walaikum salam. Yes, sir. All right, family, man, I thank y'all for tuning in, man. That was a wonderful broadcast. I saw somebody asking for the Final Call newspaper that we have. Uh, you know there's the quarantine and we aren't out as much. Uh, I want to give y'all a link. If y'all text Farrakhan to 214 214- Eight three three seven seven eight one. I can literally send it to you every week, which I do already to my text list. If you text Farrakhan, F A R R A C H A N to two one four 
833-7781. I will send you the uh, the PDF every single week. Also, if you guys would like to uh, subscribe to my podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Just type in Brother Ben X Podcast, and you can follow me on Instagram at Brother Ben X. I thank everyone for watching. I thank everybody who donated. If you would like to donate, you can donate via Cash App, dollar sign Brother Ben X. If you would like to donate and support the show, you can do so via Cash App, dollar sign Brother Ben X. Thank you all for listening. Once again, have a blacktastic day. Peace. Look for the lesson. That's where we'll find the blessing. Look for the lesson. And that's where you'll find the blessing. See, some of y'all don't went through something in your past and you call it an L. Man, I done took an L. Yeah, you took an L. But do you, are, are you interpreting that L as a loss or are you interpreting that L as a lesson? Your attitude determines your altitude. What attitude do I have? Am I looking at this from God's eyes or am I looking from it from my little selfish, little small eyes? When something is going on in the world, how do I look at it? Do I look at it as, oh, the world is over with? Or do I look at it and say, what is, what's going on here? What is the purpose of this? Why was this permitted? Because, see, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan talked about with the will of God, when he will, when he wants to will a thing into existence, he considers the thoughts and plans of the enemy and uses their plan and uses their will to bring his will more into fruition. So he even considers their thoughts. He considers what they're going to do. So it may appear that they had, it appear they won here or they did something here, but that was all a part of the plan the whole time to bring about a greater good. So if we can expand our mindset and see the good out of things, the law of polarity. If we can look and see the good out of what's going on, now we can look at ourselves and say, ooh, if we just do this right here, we can use this as our advantage. Look for the lesson. That's where we'll find the blessing.